0: In today's episode, we're speaking to Sarah Van Hoos. Sarah is a small business and finance coach. She's helping entrepreneurs increase the intentionality with their time, their talent, and money to thrive in a life they call to lead. She owns and operates an online coaching business journey to influence as a trained Ramsey preferred finance master coach she makes money stuff money stuff simple and easy to understand going back to the basics let's speak to Sarah today and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset let's find out and remember if you want to upgrade your money mindset then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training I'm your host, Girl Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your Money Minds expert. And today, I'm so excited. We're speaking to the amazing, the wonderful Sarah Van Hoos. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Sarah, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do.
1: Yeah, I am a financial coach. So I help people with the daily cash flow side, the behavior side of managing their money on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Fabulous, fabulous. So talk us
0: through, Sarah, Sarah, how did you get started with this? How did you, how did it all begin for you? How did you come into the world of finance?
1: I know it's a it's a great story, and it's certainly not something that, uh, as a teenager or a child, I was like, I can't wait, right, to be a financial coach when I grow up. Nobody <laughs> yeah, <does that.
0: laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be, um, yeah, a lawyer, I could have imagined, but um, you know, money coach, no, <laughs> it's not something
1: that was sort of exactly something totally different. Um, let's see, like the, the the modified version, um, I was on my husband um, in this um, wonderful little island off of Mexico called Isla Mujeres, beautiful, white. Sandy beaches, clear blue water, and um, we had talked about, you know, when we were older, you know, maybe we'd buy a spot down here, we'd retire here, spend some of our time here. And um, as we were getting back on the airplane uh, to head home to the cold, <laughs> right to the cold, snowy weather of the Pacific Northwest, and and back to our daughters, I was like, wait a minute, why do we have to wait to do the things that we really want to do until we are old. Why do we have to wait until we're retired, right? To do the things that we really want to do. Our our daughters at the time were, um, I I think like maybe eight and 10 or eight and 11, you know, something around those ages. I was like, what benefit is it for for them? You know, like how great would it be, right? To just add some culture and language and community and just whole different experience to our world if that was the case. And my husband kind of looked at me and Asked how many margaritas I had had, you know, already, um, and he's like, "Well, if you want to really think about that, you know, you can make a plan and we'll talk about it." And I was like, "Okay, green light." You know, like I'm going to make a plan and we're going to figure something out. Um, To to date, like over the past five years prior to that, we had spent some time cleaning up our debt and really positioning ourselves in a better place to to really have a few more options and be able to dream bigger at that Mm. point. Um, And so getting to this place where I was like, well. What could we do, you know, so crafting a little plan on my airplane napkin, you know like, okay, this is what we could do you know, in order to move, and we'd rent back our house and figure things out, and I share the plan, and he's like, "Well, you know I'm gonna need some more information, <laughs> so uh, regular life ensues you know when we get back home, regular responsibilities back to work, back to home mm-hmm. life, and um, I still could not get this like idea out of my gut that um something different you know was just in store for mm-hmm. me in store for us. And, um, through, you know, several months of kind of trying to figure out what that looked like. I really just wanted to, um, I was burnout out from my traditional job. I worked in healthcare, um, mm-hmm. healthcare leadership and operations, uh, for about 20 years. And I was tired and really kind of aching to do something different. And the idea of taking a sabbatical or leave to go move to an Island for a couple of years felt necessary. It felt like, like I needed it. And what it ultimately came down to, um, my husband was not actually on board with moving to Mexico and moving to an island. He wasn't ready to go. Um, But what I realized is that I didn't actually need an island. Um, I needed some level of different um, work experience. I needed to do something different to be more present with my family, to have Mm -hmm. more options, to have more freedom. And um, my love for getting our finances cleaned up and, you know, my background in, in leadership and coaching just kind of paired those things together and uh, and I became a money coach. Wow.
0: So that's that's the the actual process for it. In terms of emotionally, how did you get to the, the mindset part? How did you get to it? Because you've been in employment for the last 20 years and then working for yourself. Yes, it gives the freedom. But oh, my God, it comes <laughs> with the roller coaster ride as well. So how did you? Go from the employee mindset into being self-employed and having a own company and being responsible for your own finances. Yes, you have the freedom, but also the responsibility.
1: Sure, you know that's a great question and one that people, you know, people think that entrepreneurship is really fancy, right? Oh no, (laughs) oh no, it's it's
0: oh my god, it's come it comes with um. People just see the glamour side; they don't really see the heartache, the blood, the sweat, the scars. the mistakes
1: you make. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so true. Uh, I think that part of my, my mindset, um, and my really like work ethic, I think a lot of it come for me came down to, I was, um, bent on making sure that I could make it happen. I was just, I was really determined to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up on a farm on a, on a working ranch, um, as the, the oldest daughter. And so like, there was just things that had to be done because they had to be done regardless. And Mm -hmm. so I I really think I took that mindset into, if you, if you really want to quit your job and, um, and my husband was, is also an entrepreneur and, um, he had some, you know, kind of nervous feelings about us both being entrepreneurs, right. Versus one being an entrepreneur and, you know, I, one having a steady salary, you know, retirement Mm -hmm. benefits, all that kind of piece. So really when it came down to it, I was determined to figure out how to make it happen one, you know, one way or another. So that um, determination and grit, I think, really served me um, in that season of, of building and the continued season, right, of entrepreneurship.
0: Mm. Okay. So now that's another big question. When you, you know... As an entrepreneur, he knew what you were going going for and you know, he knew what you were going into. So I understand his hesitation, making sure that at least one steady, steady income. Yeah. I don't think there's much security in a job, but there's a steady income and you can always change your jobs. You can always go to another employment. So having one steady income where one is fluctuating can have the highs are highs and the lows are really lows. How did you sort of sit down as a family and come to that decision? You know, especially if your partner was against it, because quite rightly so, I'm not saying that he was wrong. I think he had a, logically it makes sense, but how did you take the plunge and how did you convince him or convince yourself that no, this is the right thing for me? Because the reason why I'm asking these specific questions because a lot of people listen to this podcast would be in a similar boat. There would be people who are thinking about transitioning and have been thinking for a certain time, but they keep thinking, well, this is too risky and it's not the right time and it's not the right time how do you decide now is the right time and yeah I mean, you know make that decision as a family together and we with yeah. children involved as well because that's, that's another excuse i hear well I, you know i can't be that selfish because i have kids well yeah mm-hmm. it's part of the process for the
1: kids as well i i think that there are there's a lengthy list of reasons why we shouldn't do it mm. right I, I, we can all find oh, hundreds hundreds of of why this, we should yes yeah exactly um i think a big enough why right to to want to do something different so having having a passionate fiery why I think was important for me um, and then you know like logistically like we had to get some things in order in order I had to do it for myself, but I also needed to do it to reassure my husband that this was the this was a you know a progressive direction and um, ultimately the benefit for our children um I know you've got um, kids also go cool, but um our our daughters um they're they're moving into you know middle school and right. high school next year and um i really felt called and compelled to like whether they wanted me around or not like they're gonna need their mom around a little yeah. bit more right in this next yeah. season of life and that was a huge compelling reason for me to be able to um you know be there when they're on their way out for, from school and when they're back home from school to yeah. hear about to hear about all the things right that don't seem important but that are important in this particular season of life. So, having that big why for my kids was also important uh, for my husband to see and hear. Um, but we spent um, I spent 18 months building my business on the side, um, before actually um, uh, re- retiring from my other career. So, I ah, I hustled.
0: So, ah so you had a plan, okay, Absolutely. that's great. I mean, I, I love that, I love that. And I think that probably is the way forward for a lot of people. The the, the I think some people say, well, no, I am all in or all out because they find excuses to not carry on because it does. You if you want something uh, bad enough, the universe will test you before it gives it to you. So you oh, yeah. you're, you're, if you have this thing that I'm going to build a side business, it's going to make it difficult for you to build side business. It's going you're going to really have to sacrifice your time and make sure that there's you know after your job there is time available to do the business even though you have other commitments your children and your family and so forth but that that test is important because if you pass that test then you're able to realize yourself we're able to build that business sufficiently enough to a level where you're able to quit your job without having any adverse effect on your finances or your family
1: yes absolutely so that that runway and what you said, you know, about it being a test, like the universe will test you and poke it and make sure you're really serious oh, about what you want to do, what you want to do. And I, I definitely felt that over that 18 month period at one point when, um, I was really kind of like, I'm ready to call it. I'm ready to write my notice. I'm ready to give a date. My husband's like, okay, if you're really ready, then, um, let's not use any of your salaried income for the next six months. I, I was on a six month kind of window and, uh, and let's just use your coaching income, you know, for, for your side of the income. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, so it was this, it was a very practical test for, um, for all of us to see what that looked like. And with that, we tucked away my, my salary for six months into a nice, you know, a nice nest egg for the just in cases. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So what I'm hearing is you, you decided, you made a decision, you came up with a plan and then you stuck to the plan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See inside the workshop. So now here's the question when those tests came and I'm sure they were there, how did you deal with those tests and how did you work on your mindset? How did you keep yourself focused on your end game or on your end goal rather than, you know, focusing on the the problems that
1: Mm-hmm. It was trying. Um, I emotionally, spiritually, physically um, I felt tried in, in every single ways that, um, several different periods of that 18 month period. Um, but I, uh, discipline, I think is part of, part of what that, I had a routine, uh, you know, I had an alarm that went off, um, at three 30 in the morning, two days of the week at four o'clock in the morning, two days a week, you know, and a very like restful 5. AM, you know, one day of the week. Um, I got up early and I took some dedicated time to, to work before I went to work, um, in order to focus on my business. And then I had one afternoon per weekend. Um, that I was um also focused uh on seeing some clients, doing some work, and then one evening um a week as well. So there was some sacrifice involved and some um discipline and dedication to show up for myself. Yeah. Um, especially during those early um early morning hours.
0: That I was gonna to come to. So getting up, um, I mean I'm early riser anyway, but getting into the habit of rising at three thirty. I don't do three thirty, I do five AM. But, if you're doing three thirty or four a m that takes a lot of dedication that takes a lot of discipline and how do you how do you motivate yourself to to do that continuously? Yes, it's okay for the first week or so when you're really highly motivated, but the motivation dis, you know disappears after a week or so um, and then it takes sheer willpower or discipline to continue forward once you break the cycle once you get into you know once you cross at least a month over then it becomes more of a habit and it, it becomes easier. But that first month is a killer. How do you mm-hmm. get past it? How do you continue? And how do you continue to show up for yourself as you just said? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think it comes back to that why. I, I really started to feel called and compelled to, to not be working in, the, in the, the same way that I was. And that in order to cross over right into something different, um, it, was going to take, it was going to take time, dedication, and, um, and work, effort, sacrifice really on my part. So I I could see the end game, you know, I could see um, the forest through the trees, luckily. And I know that not everybody has that same like level of vision. um, But that, um, that passion, that fiery, like, and I knew it was there, I just had to keep showing up for it.
0: Mm. Okay. So what advice would you have for someone who's in a similar boat to yourself, they have young children, um, they have a partner who's either in employment or maybe an entrepreneur too, and this individual has been thinking about, you know, moving into entrepreneurship, moving into something. And the, the reasons may be different. They may be because they are more passionate about their work or they're, you know, they're bored with the current job or um or, or you know, they just feel the passion they came into that profession, be accountant, lawyer, whatever it is, is no longer there. If but they've been, you know, giving them six excuses. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. This year isn't right. So they, and they know they've been giving themselves just so every year that is now we're talking, we're doing this recording in November and it's coming to the end of the year and another year is gone and think, Oh my God, where did this year go? I was supposed to start my, you know, my side hustle, or my passion project in January, 2025, but I can't see it happening. Let me postpone it until the following year. What advice would you have for someone like that? And what kind of, way do you think they can move forward and how can they actually work on their mindset i know you talk about why how do they identify their why that's strong enough for them to be you know for them to take the initial step and and take the decision and stick to the decision
1: Hmm. i think it's hard to it's hard to give somebody um advice i think in this way like if you've got that you can't you gotta find your fiery passion right whatever that looks like like you said like you just went out of your job, you, you want to spend more time, you want more freedom, you want options. I feel like options for me, that tends to resonate with a lot of people. I want options. I want to be able to choose from A, B, C, or D. Yeah. I don't just want to have to do A because I was told I have to do A, or it, it feels like the only thing available to me. You know, you alluded to, you have to have a plan, you know? So each morning, I really kind of the week before I knew what my week ahead was going to was going to hold like i knew what project i was going to work on on a tuesday morning i knew what project i was going to work on on a thursday morning i knew what clients i was going to see on sunday afternoon um so i had i had to show up for it wasn't just to wake up at 3 a.m for the hell of it (laughs) It, Mm -hmm. there was intention and there was um, something expected of me of myself really at the end of that morning right to make progress towards something so having that that plan was really important um And, you know, good communication, you know, because of that early morning, like, I was going to bed by 9pm, hopefully, you know, like I I needed to get my rest as well. So it was really had to be good communication with my ham, my family, my husband, uh, my kids, like, these are the days, right, that we can have like a family outing. These are the days that we can't, you know, these are the days that I'm up for a date night. These are the days that I can't, you know, so there, my my husband has to, you know, pick up and share more of that load um when it came to some of our family obligations um the housekeeper was in good use you know like there's lots of other things that i did not do so that I, I could focus on what needed to happen so
0: what i'm hearing is again time and time again is in order for to make this work you made a plan and the plan was quite comprehensive in terms of what you're going to do what your what's your exit strategy in terms of coming out of your job and then the time that you you're allocating to your 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 side has your passion project that had a plan of how that time was going to be used, not just be turning up at three o'clock and thinking, okay, "What do I do now?" There was attention behind it, and there was a plan behind it, so you could actually utilize that time correctly because you're sacrificing your sleep and you're sacrificing your family time in order to get up at that time to do whatever that project you were meant to do. So planning is really, really important. Now, here's here, here be, let me ask you this question: What if your plans are disrupted? So, so, what kind of person are you? do you uh, are you able to adapt or are you quite rigid with your plans if someone's here thinks yeah I don't like making plans because you know plans always fall through yeah you know, things always come up what's your response to that
1: yeah I think that um there's grace and flex necessary to all plans all the plans <laughs> there's just there um it's not I, I use the right analogy of a uh, wet cement right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever been around wet cement, but when you pour wet cement, like there's this period of time that it's totally, you know, loose and flexible. And that is the time, right? That you just get to move your plan around and adjust it to where it really needs to be. So you have this intention, uh, but then there's this wet cement moment. So um, all plans need to have some, some, some grace and some flexibility within it. I feel like plans fail when you're too rigid that's when we fall off the wagon you're like oh the plan didn't work out the first time so I guess that's plan is not for me but when you give yourself um some some wiggle right some margin some flex that's when you can truly have a successful and sustainable plan when not all of the details are written out you know step by step Um,
0: I like that and I and I agree with that I think I think people go to one extreme or the other they either have, have really like rigid plans and they don't allow themselves any flexibility And any. and if they fall off the plan, they're like, "Oh my God, oh my God, I oh, I'm not you know things are falling apart and not have that um, flexibility to adapt. or they are, oh, what's the point. you know, i don't I don't like planning it. So I find it too rigid or whatever. I thought I think in order to have a smoother transition from one form of employment to another, so being employed and going into self-employment and having your own business, you need to have a plan. that's essential so as Jim Roman said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, So you need to have a plan, but you need to have as an entrepreneur, you need to go in with the hat of adaptability because you're going to have challenges and you will need to change your plans. You need to adapt to situations. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you need to have an understanding family. Um, I think this is something that's really important. You've mentioned time and time again, how your your partner stood up and, you know, who, you know, who, he upped his game and he was able to be there for your children and your family and you, your kids understood that point. I think this is really important that if your family, the family support has to be there. So let me ask you that question. How important is family support for you to, to do what you did?
1: I had more support emotionally from my mom actually, during this period of time. Um, my husband was really, so logistically, you know, he was very supportive, you know, in, in my trial, you know, Mm -hmm. what that, what that was kind of looking like, but he was skeptical, you know, and nervous, you know, about having two entrepreneurs, if this could truly work and really like all of the stability that came from my, you know, from my salaried role. Um, and it was my mom that was truly like this really great cheerleader for me. And, um, you know, shared in, she could see that vision, right? She could see the forest through the trees. And when I was having, you know, a dark moment, like, I don't know, mom, you know, like, you know, I I there was a period of time that I had, after I first launched my business that I had no clients for six months. I was like, and I really questioned everything. I was like, Mm -hmm. is this really what I'm supposed to do? Right, until the first client came and then the second and then the third. And it was really like my mom that was just like, you need to hang in. Like I, I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Um, and her support, um, probably is the reason that I did not give up in that first six months. I love that. I love that.
0: So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. What would be your parting comments to someone who's listening to this and who's who's also on the fence about starting their, their passion project? Mm
1: -hmm. I think, um, get really clear around what your why is, you know, let it be let it be clear for you. It doesn't have to be clear for anybody else. Um, I'd love for you to have at least one other person in your corner. Um, but it, it doesn't matter if your spouse isn't on board, you know, like you you need to find somebody and it's okay if it's not, if it's not your direct partner in crime. Um, I, I think that was a really, it would have been a really big barrier. Um, had my mom not been in that picture, but Mm -hmm. find somebody else, right. That can be that person to help speak into you. Um, and then, and you really do need to have a plan. You need to have a game plan for how you're going to spend your time, um, because you will be making sacrifices and you do not want to build up any guilt or resentment around what those sacrifices look like. So have a person, right. Make a plan and then, um, believe, believe in yourself, right. And believe in that way. Fabulous. Fabulous.
0: So tell us, Sarah, how can we connect with you? How can you find you on the internet?
1: Yes. Over on the internet. Um, I love, uh, being on Instagram. I'm at Journey to Influence, uh, over there. And then my website is myjourneytoinfluence.com.
0: Wonderful. Now, if you're listening to us on a podcast, then the links to Sarah, as just mentioned, would be in the show notes. And if you're watching the YouTube down below, in the description section, we'll have the links to Sarah too. Go check her out. Go check our website. Connect with her. See how she can help you with your finances. Well, Sarah, we'll have to have you back on Money Talkies. It's an interesting conversation and we'd like to continue. But for now, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, girl. And thank you for listening to me and Sarah today. I will be back on another Friday feature speaking to another amazing person, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, me, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website